You're watching the BGF Fight Gear Lockdown Talks. Welcome. My name is Misha and I'm here with my co-host Jan, the humor forklift. Today we are interviewing a very special guest from Brazil. I'll introduce her in a bit. If you like the show, please make sure to subscribe to the channel, The Gi Experts, and leave your comments down below. Let us know what you think about the video and about our channel in general. If there's anybody that you would like to see interviewed that we haven't uh, had as a guest yet, let us know. Our guest today is Beatrice Bia Mesquita, a jiu-jitsu competitor with arguably the best competitive record of all time in both gi and no gi. She has won 23 titles at black belt level in the four major gi championships and holds the record for the most IBGF world titles. Bia, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm very happy to, to be here and to be able to talk a little bit about my career and about the women's jiu-jitsu. And I just ready to have fun. Cool, great. We we as well. Um, how are things for you right now? Like you are in Bra in Brazil right now. How's the situation with COVID and the gyms being closed? What it's like? Yeah, um, I came to Brazil uh, to be with my family during this time. It's been very hard to everybody. We would never think that we would pass through this situation, you know. So I decided to come to Brazil to stay with my family. I live in San Diego now. Uh, it's been almost three years. So, and my, but my family is still in Brazil. So during this time, I just like, man, I, I don't want to be here by myself. I just want to stay with my family. So I decided to come to Brazil to, to wait for this whole situation to end. But um, I still active, you know, like I'm an athlete and it was really hard to be home, like in the lockdown. Um, so I decided to start to work out at home. Um, I teach at Grace South Bay. So we decided to do a, a, a schedule uh, at Zoom classes for, for the students. So we could like keep the students active, keep in touch with them. I think like this is, is easier to pass through those hard days. So we decided this like, I think second week of lockdown. And, and then like I start to teach and then I came to Brazil. I teach it from here to them. And during this time teaching, I decided to do a, a thing for the Brazilian people too. And then I, I did the no affairs. It's not a vacation. And now I'm teaching to Brazilian people that want to train with me. And so now I'm working every day. I teach every day. I work out every day. So uh, like this, at least I feel kind of like similar life that I'm using to, you know. Uh, I use it to work out every day, to train jiu-jitsu every day. It's not even easy. I bought some mats to live at home. I have two really, really close friends that come here that uh, is, live very close by. And they come here, we drill a little bit. They are helping me um, to to record some um, videos too of jiu-jitsu that I'm going to post in my um, YouTube channel later. And so like this, I feel closer to jiu-jitsu, feel closer to my real life, you know. And not like be lazy at home, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, do you have uh, enough people around to also train with that you can really feel like you're really doing the good things? Uh, no, not to train. Like um, to train, I'm feeling really happy to teach those like workout. It's just solo drills, so people can do by themselves in their home. Right. Um, right. But it's everything. Um, involved with jiu-jitsu so every situation that we train that we do in the workout is drill from jiu-jitsu so yeah. like these like the body is still like think about jiu-jitsu 
Yeah. But yeah. to train jiu-jitsu, I have the mats. And to train, I just train with this couple of friends of mine. Uh, they are purple belts. But they're really good. They're really good to drill, to train. Uh, she's a little lighter, but he, he's heavier than me. So kind of balances the training. It's, it's been very, very nice. Yeah, yeah. How does it feel for you? Because obviously, especially you, you have been in jiu-jitsu for so long, like since you were a little kid and not just jiu-jitsu, but a lot of uh, quite uh, high-level sports, judo, swimming. How is it for you after such a long time probably that you've been uh, doing sports, training for at such an intensity? How is it for you to now kind of, because I can imagine you can't keep up the same training schedule as you would normally have? Yeah, it's like he was very, very hard, especially in the beginning, because he, uh, at first we thought that, oh, maybe it's going to be one month, two months. But then it starts to get worse and worse. And then like, man, we don't know we even. And then the, the calendars, like um, the tournament starts to get like cancel. Mm -hmm. And then they said, oh, we're going to cancel for this year and wait for how it's going to come back. And then I got this despair. I said, oh, my God, what are you going to do? You know, yeah. but uh i think like it, what i most have in mind is like to keep positive and like this way um i start to think about like how to keep my keep motivated keep training and these like sharing with the other people uh, what i'm doing i think is the best way so like mm -hmm. these i motivate them and at the same time they are motivating me because i know they are waiting for me to do the workout to be a, a to do their exercise and to learn a little bit because it, the way I teach the solo drills, I still teach in jiu-jitsu too. So I still involve it with the sport and not just like doing a regular workout, you know. I still teaching them how to drill. Oh, we're doing this because we're going to do similar to double legs. This is going to help us to do a uchimata. This is going to help us to pass the guard, to recover the guard. So everything's involved with jiu-jitsu. So like this, I still teaching them jiu-jitsu so i still involved with the sport but thinking at the same time i'm thinking that when the competitions can come back i'm gonna be ready to to train hard and to compete faster than people that is not training at all you know because my body gonna be prepared to train jiu-jitsu because i'm doing the movements and everything uh, of course is nothing compared to a training camp for worlds for abu dhabi you know but at least my body is still living jiu-jitsu you know every day i'm training i'm i'm putting like my body to think about the positions and everything because the, the muscle memory is everything um i i say a lot to my students that sometimes we have to stop for one two months training and then we when we go back to jiu-jitsu of course you didn't forget the things but the positions start to be late And then you see, oh, that army body should get, but it's already too late, you know? Oh, I could have sweep, but too late, you know? So like this, our our body, it's gonna still thinking about the positions and moving too. And then when we go back to train, it's gonna be a lot easier than somebody that's just like yeah, waiting yeah. for the time to come back. That makes a lot of sense. And you were already mentioning like some things that keep you motivated. People, you know, that people are waiting for you and just to keep the daily habit of, of at, at least doing some training. Uh, yeah. Do you have some kind of mental game or like other rituals that you use to stay motivated? 
uh, you know, like I just thinking so hard how much I want to be on the mat to be competing, you know, like he, especially um, right in the beginning, suppose I was planning to do Abu Dhabi because I was the champion last year and words to try to do my 10th title at words. So those were my, my goals. And then right after I would switch to MMA to train more striking and then to, to do my debut on MMA, my MMA career. Right. So I had like so much to do this year, you know, so many like things like that I was like planning and thinking about, but with the lockdown, I didn't know, I, I don't know when it's going to happen. Last time I competed was September ADCC last year. So it's almost soon it's going to be one year without competing. So what I have in mind is how much I want to be competing again and uh, how excited it feels like, you know, just to think about the competition. Sometimes I watch some videos of fights and things like that. And then my heart starts to popping up and then, man, I want to be there so, so bad. Yeah. So what I have in mind is that when I go back, I'm going to value and like appreciate it a lot more than before because I really miss that feeling, the tournaments and everything. So for sure, I won't miss any tournament. I will be there. I, I'm going to do everything. Hey, Bia, let's fight on my backyard. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, so I'm going to do everything that I can. And I think that's the way I, I keep motivating myself that is thinking how much I want to be there again, how much I want to be competing and how good I want to be uh, on my way back too. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool to hear how uh, fired up you still are about like the next thing. I, I would like to talk about that a little bit more uh, later on in the interview. Um, for now, what my next question is: um, What was it like for you as a woman, as a woman uh, coming up in BJJ, which is a sport that's so dominated by men? If you look at most most academies, it's a lot of men. And how was it like for you to uh, get into that? Um. To be honest, like I started when I was five years old, I was very young yeah. and I didn't have a lot, a lot of girls in the beginning, maybe like two girls in the academy. But then I moved it. I used to live in, in Rio downtown. And then I moved it to Saquarema, where my parents live now. That's like two hours from Rio downtown. It's a smaller city. It's like a big city. Uh, it's more tourist. And... Here, I didn't have any girl to train. So I was the only one. And I was like around nine, 10 years old already. And I was, it was like that until probably I met Leticia when I was like 12. So it was like two to three years just training with the guys. And they used it to respect me a lot because they saw uh, how much patience I had. Like he, even being so young, I already was competing a lot, almost every weekend. I trained every day, even more than then, you know? And so they did appreciate and they want to help me because they saw how much I want uh, to be training, to be competing. So this way they look at me as like, oh man, like she's so young and she already like knows what she wants. She already likes training so hard. She likes to compete. And they was like there to help me all the time. And then I met Leticia. She was like, the, the, I was a, a, around 12, 13. And then she was the first woman that I could look up because she was already black belt, already world champion. And she already used it to train some girls like Carol Vieira, 
Carol Vidal, é, and uh, Dev Ayuda, Penny Thomas, so many girls that was already training with her and competing too. And so I saw them then everything that I was that I would like to do too, you know. So that I was kind of doing, but I didn't have anybody the same way as I use it to train. Just the guys and the guys didn't even compete back then. They they was like there it was more a a, a a hobby for them, not like for competition or anything like that. And then when I met them, I still live in Saquarema, so I only train with them like twice a week. And then, but I could be inspired with it by then. And the guys still like helping me here. And then later on, came one girl to the gym, then go out, came another one, go out. So most of time of my career, I used to train with guys. So this was very, very, very common to me to be a, the only girl in the mat and to train most with the guys, even because here, because it's a small city. Uh, usually people that training, they don't compete a lot. Usually the girls that come, they go for self-defense or just like for a workout, you know, they don't look up for the competition. So you, usually when I train for a competition, I train most with the guys too. And this made my career very common between the guys. So the way I train, the way I, I be on the mat, it's pretty much as a guy, you know? So even then, they they joke a lot with me. Hey, Bia, when you step on the mat, we have to do power. We treat you as a boy because otherwise you're going to smash us, you know? So that's the way, like, we treat each other in the mat because it's very, very similar the way we think, the way we talk, we do jokes and everything. So they don't see me as... Um, a, a woman on the mat. They see me as an athlete, as a, 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 BJJ, a BJJ person that I want to um, get involved with the sport, that are going to help them to, to do better every day, you know? So does it have a lot of like these um, different when we are on the mat? So do you I'm think that very shaped lucky. you? Sorry? Do, do you think that shaped you as a person uh, being treated in that way? Like, uh, I think I like the way it is, especially because um, I hear a lot of girls that have uh, passed through a hard time already on the mats. And I I cannot imagine how bad it was because I always have I always saw myself training with so many guys. And I I don't know how hard it would be to think that um I could be um I don't know how to say like but like it would be treated different on the mat by then just because i'm a woman if i have the same proposal as then inside the mat you know right so i think the way um the way i could handle it without the guys that i've been training with um made me feel more free to train and to to feel good on the mat not to feel afraid to go there and to train with anybody you know so i'm very glad that uh, it was the way it was and to keep it this way because I still train with a lot of guys. Um, at Great Salsa Bay, we have a lot of women. We have the women's camp uh, for the big tournaments. But I train. I still train a lot of the guys, especially because I'm one of the heaviest girl and I like to compete a lot of the open class. So usually to train for open class, I train with the guys. So I yeah. train with the girls and then I train with the guys too. 
So you, you, sometimes one of the trainings that I do, I, I do with the guys, the other one with the girls. So I still train a lot with both of them. And so this way, like I have to treat their, them as a student, as um, a person that is, evolu- is there to learn Jiu-Jitsu, not as a woman or as a, a man, you know? Right, right. Do you, do you think some men are ever intimidated? Like I can imagine uh, if you train with somebody that's really good, a man in general, then you already feel a bit intimidated. But then maybe if a woman is also really good, you as a man, you might be a bit intimidated. Do you ever feel like that? Or did you ever um, feel that people felt like that? Sometimes, uh, a little bit. Uh, I feel that especially when I'm teaching uh, a lot, even more than when we train. But when I'm teaching that, uh, especially when somebody new at the gym and they see me there in the center of the mat, a woman, black belt, um, still young, you know, and then they look like, it, I feel that they feel like, oh man, like maybe, I don't know of what is on their mind or maybe, oh, this girl is very good like that to be a coach or maybe, man, how impressed. She's so young. She's a black belt. And then they start to see the pictures on the wall, you know. And so I think they feel kind of a little bit intimidated. But when they when I start to joke and to to teach them, to I think one thing that made them uh, feel comfortable too is because um, the way I teach, I teach a lot of the positions and I explain why you're doing that. So we're gonna do this way because of these these grips because of that and like this they feel more like confident on the way uh, I'm talking and then they, they feel more relaxed. And then I go there, I teach, I introduce myself and then like half hour later, it's everything good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you feel a difference between Brazil and the U S when it comes to uh, having both women and men in the gym or is it, is it no difference? No, not really. I don't feel a lot of difference. Um, I think uh, the the difference I feel about jiu-jitsu in the U.S. and here in Brazil is that people like a lot no-gi in the U.S. And in Brazil, we we not use it to do a lot of no-gi. We started more after IBJJF did the tournaments. And because a little bit because ADCC, but ADCC used it to be once every two years. So it wasn't a lot. And then ABJJF started to put in the calendar the no-gi tournament. So then forced people to train more no-gi. But in the U.S., it's like kind of the opposite. Usually people look for the no-gi most, and then they transition, they do the transition for the gi. And I think that's the biggest difference that I've seen between the jiu-jitsu from the U.S. than from Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a good niche right now still to go into no-gi in, in Brazil to... Yeah, it's getting, it's getting better, but to be honest, most of the gyms just do no-gi classes during the no-gi season. Right. Um, they, they not use it to have no-gi the whole year, like as a regular class, let's say, like at, at Grace South Bay, where I teach, um, the no-gi classes are um, three times a week. Uh, so we have like this the whole year, like in full, squ- full schedule. And here, usually... They just added the nogi classes when it's nogi season for the tournaments, you know. So it's it, it's kind of like a bit different. Cool. Um, yeah, we, we you already talked a little bit about um, like how you stay motivated. It was very interesting to hear, like I said, like that you still get so fired up about the next step and the next a goal. Lot. That's so that's something we would also like to uh, talk talk about a little bit more. 
And uh, yeah, Jan has some really good questions about that. Yeah, I uh, wanted to talk to you a bit about staying at the top since uh, you have a huge list of achievements, a lot of gold medals at the highest stage. How do you stay at the top for so long? Because I think you are world champ for nine years in a row. Uh, no, I uh, was uh, five years in a row. And then I was disqualified in 2016 or 17, if I'm not wrong. And then the next year I came back winning. And I have two open classes too. So it was like seven titles, world champion as a lightweight and two as a open class, absolute. And so, I mean, um, I think one of the most things I would say that helped me a lot to stay in the top is that, uh, I mean, I was like trying to get better, you know. Um, um, here in Brazil, we have a, like a sentence that we say a lot that uh, the, who is winning doesn't need to move, doesn't need to change, you know. And for me, it's totally the opposite, especially in Jiu-Jitsu. Because I think if you are winning, um, people are going to look up to you. They want to beat you. And if you don't change, if you don't improve yourself, you don't get better every time, they're going to catch you. And I think that's one of the most things that I, that I saw that I changed a lot in my jiu-jitsu. It was I used to pull guard a lot. And I love to play guard. I still like it being my favorite, you know. But at some point in my career, I saw that a lot of girls from my, especially for my division that is a lightweight, they start to pull guard with me. And that made me feel so locked, you know, because I didn't really want to go on top and they didn't want to come on top because they knew I was very, very good at doing guard. So it was kind of like start to be boring my fights and I start to go on top, but it wasn't really good on, on top. So I started to learn how to survive on top. And then I said, man, I got to be good on both. I got to be good on bottom. I got to be good on top. And then I started to play most top. And last, my last world title, I just played on top the whole fights. So I think the way I, I have in mind that I have to keep changing, have to keep getting better every time, is one of the things that it made me stay still on the top because girls come to fight with me. Oh, I know B is so good in the close guard. And then I play open guard. Oh, B is so good pulling guard. And then I let them pull and I start to pass. So I think every time that I can surprise in my opponents is what made me one step ahead. And that's how it helped me to, to be like always in the top. Really. Of course, I lost a lot of times during this these times in a lot of tournaments but i think the loss just made me learn even more than the winning yeah so to keep an edge on on your opponents you would say like you would uh, change up the training like every like world championship you would have like a new game you just work yeah. on a new game the I, whole year usually usually i train a lot like during the camp a lot of people uh, focus a lot on what your opponent do I don't really like to watch my opponents fight. Um, I don't even like he. Sometimes I know already because I have fought with them before, but usually I don't focus a lot on what they do or what they what they can do. You know, I really train what I want to do. Sometimes I'm training more back take. Sometimes I'm training more close guard. It depends how I'm gonna feel during the camp, but I always have something different that I'm doing better on the on the camps you know 
So I think that's like something that made a lot of make a lot of different. Thinking most about what I'm doing good and not what they can do too. Okay, so you don't really study any of your opponents. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty interesting. I actually. hate to watch my opponents fight. I don't like even to watch me a lot. I start to 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 watch a little bit more now because the lockdown and I'm doing some highlights and like I like to watch it to feel like you're close to the tournament too, but I don't really, I don't really do that very often. Um, um, I'm lucky to have, like, I have a training party that's uh, got my comb. She likes to watch the fights and she knows a lot of the girls. And Letty, my coach, Letty Ribeiro, she also watch a lot too. And they both, they usually, when I gonna fight somebody different, they come, hey, this girl do this, this girl do that. Just like, be careful. I said, oh, okay. And then I keep doing my training regular and wait for the tournament. Okay. And uh, I, I was wondering, since you are at the top for so long already, like what, what motivates you? How, how do you motivate yourself to, to keep going? Uh, I think uh, at first I use it to, I really wanted to, to get like him, the titles um, as a, first as the, the color belts, I wanted to have the titles to be improving, to get a more sponsor, to leave it from Jiu Jitsu. That was my first goal. And then when it started to happen, I achieved my black belt and then it started all over again. Like to get, like to, to win the tournaments, like Europeans, uh, Panams, Worlds, and Abu Dhabi. And then like I started to win everything. And then it came, became like kind of like my, my life, you know, like I was so used to, to follow the, ca the calendar of the tournaments. Um, I really uh, like to travel, to compete, to do the, to do the seminars. Um, everything was already in the calendar because, let's say, Europeans in January, um, then Panams in March, and then Abu Dhabi April, and then Worlds in June. So it was like everything like falling into other, and I was training for everything, and I was traveling and doing the seminars and everything. So it was the kind of life that I really enjoy. And also, when I start to travel more and to teach the seminars, I could see how much I was inspiring people to to believe on their self, to believe that jiu-jitsu can, can be a, a job, you know? Because especially here in Brazil, it's very hard, uh, very hard to be in the sport. Um, they value a lot the football, not anything else. So to be an athlete, to live from any sport that is not especially if it's not an olympic sport man it's really really hard so i saw that this way i was uh, starting to inspiring people to compete and to believe that they could live from jiu-jitsu that they didn't have to stop jiu-jitsu to working anything else and those are worse things that start to to motivate me to keep on this life i love it to travel i love it to teach i love it to inspire people And I love to compete too, of course, like to, to compete is one of the things that I most love in my life. Um, I love to train, I like to teach, but competing is one of the, the things that most made me like motivated to keep competing. And like today, what most is, is still like making me motivated is the messages I get, like people that have been inspiring, people that love to watch me competing. and. 
this way today, like especially for the social media and everything that um, um, we feel closer to people all around the world. And the way they talk to me, they tell me like how much they enjoy to watch me competing, how much they be inspired of my train with my trainings. Uh, so this is one of the things that I see and I feel, man, I, I, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing what I like. Um, the, the thing that is making people feel better, making me feel good. And that's perfect. And I still make money with that. So what a good life. I travel, I train, I still in shape. I, I live a good life, a health life. And I'm helping people all around the world. So I don't know, like, I don't think it could be better than that. Yeah, that should be motivation enough. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Um, is there something else you would like to achieve? Will we see maybe uh, an MMA world title as well? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I think the transition for MMA uh, has two ways. One way is to have a new challenge to myself. Um, I really want to go there and see how I'm going to improve. Because um, to be honest, I feel that I'm going to go back to white belt. <laughs> when I started, like, I, I'm doing Muay Thai already, some striking, but I haven't sparring yet, like, for real. Um, so I feel that when I do this for the first time, I'm going to feel just like a white belt. And that's going to be really, really weird because I don't remember uh, when I was, like, this feeling for a long time. And But the thing is, I really want to get in the cage, lock the, the door, and say, man... Now it's our time. <laughs> get it punched, punch, take down, do your do your job. And I really want to feel. I know I know already it's gonna be totally different than jujitsu. Um, the way we walk to the mats, um, the way I'm gonna walk to the cage is gonna be completely different. The new feelings, a new challenge. So I'm really excited to to see how I'm gonna do on that and uh, to get motivated to train more. And the second way um, I look my transition to MMA is that um, I already achieved a lot of people with Jiu-Jitsu. I know I inspire a lot of people that is into Jiu-Jitsu, but in going to MMA, I'm going gonna, gonna to achieve a lot more people, you know. Uh, it's going to go way over, um, I don't know, like maybe like three, four, five times more than people that already reach with Jiu-Jitsu. Because the MMA is very big right now. Um, it's, uh, it's on TV, yeah, different than Jiu-Jitsu, you know. And I think this way, I gonna, a lot of people are going to see me. And the way I want to go in MMA is to bring Jiu-Jitsu to MMA, not to start striking or to be good on standing. I want to show people that Jiu-Jitsu is a good sport, is the way, like we use it to say a lot when we see people fighting uh, a lot of jiu-jitsu on MMA, we say jiu-jitsu save. A lot of times they are getting punches, smash it, and then is an arm bar. Then they get a triangle, you know? So I wanted people to see that jiu-jitsu is a great sport and a good martial art to help you to learn to, to defend yourself, learn to be a... a, a more self-confidence and everything like that. So I think in the MMA world, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a lot of more people than I already, I already achieved with Jiu-Jitsu only. Cool. Yeah, that sounds good. What, what do you think your biggest uh, challenge technique-wise will be? Because you also have a wrestling background. You wrestled at quite a high level. 
like and yeah. you're already doing the striking what what do you think will be the biggest challenge to kind of catch up with your game I think the biggest challenge because uh, with my background in jiu-jitsu especially like you nogi know, tournaments and things like that um of course the girls that are going to fight with me they're going to train a lot to defend my takedowns and my the way to go to the to the ground you know so the biggest challenge is going to be to close the distance to the takedown because that's what going to be the thing that they're going to most defend So I think that's going to be the hardest way like to improve your way to close the distance and to, to get it into the ground, probably. Um, and of course, protect myself. I don't want to get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the, in the future, we will see uh, an MMA world championship. And, yeah, uh, hopefully. <laughs> where, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, I think in 10 years, for sure, uh, I'm going to be probably already a um, very good career, solid career in MMA and probably looking for opening my academy and having my students. Um, I don't know. I think that I'm going to be competing for more Chinese, but we never know, you know, but uh, probably I think that's something that I have in mind that I'm going to have a solid career in MMA. And that are gonna start to be opening my academy to follow my my career with now, but from the other side, being a coach more than than a, a fighter. So, so I after, think that's after... like the, the the regular way, you know. Um, car, um, fighters has a short career. I think he. I don't think mine is very short. I read like 20 years competing. So I look for 10 more years. But I think, it, I, I, especially because I see a lot, like with my coach, Leticia, she had an amazing career. She's also nine times world champion. And today she's still doing the same, but being a coach. She trains with us all the time. She teaches all the time. She's there in the, all the training camps um, all day. So, so it's kind of the same. She's just not competing, but she's training as hard. She's motivating us the same way. So I think just change the way that changes that she fights from outside of the match. She's be there screaming hard, like going everywhere, you know. So it's just like a, a bit different. It's just like going to be kind of a video game when you play with the <laughs> just screaming. But uh, you're still there, you know, you still want to fight. Yeah, it's also nice that, After you gained all the knowledge, you became a world champ a couple times, and then you <laughs> pass that. You can pass that on as well. That that's really nice. Yeah, I think you have like a, um, a full life. A, a whole, my whole life, I was learning jujitsu and developing my my game and everything, and competing and learning every day. So I think I have to pass this knowledge uh, forward and to keep my my legacy. That's uh, that's great, actually. That's nice. I, I would love I would love to learn. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I also have some uh, questions of uh, social media followers. Cool. The first question is: What advice would you give to women or girls who want to start jujitsu? Um, first thing, don't be afraid. <laughs> because a lot of the time I see women that go to the gym and they see everybody so sweating, rolling hard and like, you know, like that crazy training. And then they look at, at the academy and they be like kind of scared. 
And then we start to talk with Dene. It's not like this. Beginners different. You're gonna learn the technique to get to this level and things like that. So I think first thing, woman cannot have, be. A, it's afraid to go to jujitsu. You have like to believe that jujitsu gonna change your life. That's gonna turn you a confident per person. That's gonna teach you how to defend yourself. How to be a better person in not just um, learning, but in your whole life, you know. I think a lot of things that I learned from jiu-jitsu, my confidence, my determination, my focus on what I want, it all came from jiu-jitsu, but it bring it to my whole life. So I think that especially women that want to get into jiu-jitsu, they cannot be afraid of going there and trying. Because I'm sure once they step on the mat, they're gonna fall in love and they're gonna they're gonna have fun and they're gonna enjoy a lot the moment. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Everyone who who gives it time falls in love with jujitsu. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, at Jan van Haperen, that that's actually me. Uh, he wants to know <laughs> where you can can get the best burger in Brazil. Oh, best burger in Brazil? Mm, I don't know. Has a lot of gourmet burgers right now. Man, I have no idea. Here in Rio, I don't know, like, I would say um, uh, it's a restaurant that calls Madero, that they do a lot of gourmet burgers and things like that, that is more, like, he tastes better, you know? It's, like, more uh, real uh, meat and things like that. It's handmade. So I like better those than the one that conventional that is sell like I don't know like McDonald's, Burger Kingy, or yeah. or things like that. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> and App um, Spencer, he uh, he is wondering when are you coming to the Netherlands for seminars? Oh, I wish soon. Um, I I've been a lot of people being messaging me, uh, telling how much they miss the seminars and things like that, but. Um, uh, one of the things that I'm most going to do as soon as this ends is travel. Travel a lot, a lot of seminars everywhere, uh, Europe, US, Brazil. So everywhere that I can go, I, I'm going to be traveling and doing seminars for sure because I, I truly miss that. And uh, we, we have a couple of questions from Akemi Delemos. Uh, I, I think it's a girl. She wants to, uh, to know who was your greatest idol, who motivated and inspired you? Uh, I think it was Lady, my coach, um, because she was the first woman that I, I met in the sport that was a red black belt, a red world champion. And my luck on, this, on that time back then, it was to have her by my side, you know, teaching me, training with me, because we didn't really have like those social medias like we have today, like we have Instagram, we have these histories in, on Instagram, that, he, that we can follow people all day long, you know? And we didn't have this back in the days. So I didn't know what people high level in jiu-jitsu was doing if it wasn't having her by my side, seeing her going to train, seeing the way she trained jiu-jitsu, the way she do the physical training. So I was very, very lucky to have her um, during my career, not just inspiring me, but teaching me to the way. Um, I say that I, I cut a lot the ways... Uh, to, to be a world champion because I had her doing it. So I had just had to follow. I didn't have like really to pass through hard times because I just followed her steps and knew what I had to do. 
to become a world champion as, as her as she was. But uh, I think she was for sure my my biggest inspiration. And for sure today, it's a lot easier to follow your idols and to get inspired by a lot more people because you have the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can see their their fights, their them competing. Doesn't matter if you're there or not. You're gonna watch live on on your computer on your phone. So it made a lot of people a lot more closer to their idols and a lot more easier to get inspired from many, many people. Yeah. She, uh, she also wants to know what life experience have you had that really changed your BJJ career? Um, that it changed in my BJJ career? I don't think uh, anything that really changed it, but I would say that my first uh, international trip that was to compete at um, Worlds as a, blue, as a blue belt when I was 15 years old uh, was my first actually international trip. And I think that uh, it changed my life in the way that uh, I start to think more that how much I wanted to, to do it. You know, I said, man, that's really cool. I'm traveling to another country. I'm um, learning another culture, culture and I'm doing this with jiu-jitsu. So I want to keep doing this more and more. I want to travel more more times. I want to go to different places. So I think if I would say something that uh, happened in my life that made me want to more, go more for jiu-jitsu, go more for BJJ and think he, even more that it, that was uh, was making me sure that I would like to keep my to go in my career was the traveling. Traveling was one of the things that made me think more that BJJ is the was the right decision yeah. on my life. And what made you start BJJ? Uh, my mom, <laughs> uh, my mom bringing me to jiu-jitsu, but it was because it was opening an academy. It wasn't like, oh no, I want her to do jiu-jitsu. She didn't even know what it was jiu-jitsu, but it was open a gym uh, close to where we lived in Brazil, in, in Rio, downtown. And my brother and his friends was terrible. And they was doing a lot of mess in the condo. You use it to live. So the moms decided to bring them to jiu-jitsu to spend the energy. And But when we got there, um, had one girl that was the coach's uh, daughter in the, in, the, in the mat. And then I decided to do it too. I asked my mom. I was like five years old. And I asked my mom, mom, can I enjoy it too? And then she allowed me to go. And then maybe one year later, I think my brother quit. The boys, most of the boys quit. And I was the one that enjoyed jiu-jitsu. Not ballet, not judo, jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what, what was the turning point that made you want to become a world champion? Uh, I think he, um, especially in jiu-jitsu, we have like some goals when soon as we start. I think the first goal as soon as you start is to become a black belt. I feel that getting a black belt is just like getting your uh, diploma as a, a degree, you know, on, on school. And so that was for sure my first goal. And as a competitor, I think the biggest goal is to become a world champ. Doesn't matter what belt. But of course, I did this blue, I did this purple. Of course, that I would like to do as a black belt. 
So I think that was kind of like he um, achieving the goals as um, a fighter, as a competitor. I think being a world champion is one of the biggest thing you can achieve. So for sure, that was a, what, a, what I want to, to get in the top, to go for the hardest thing, for the most difficult thing. And that would make me improving myself, learning and getting motivated all the time. We got a lot of questions from followers. So <laughs> maybe we do one more. <laughs> ah, yeah. Um, let me check. What is your advice for future BJJ, for future BJJ girl champions? Um, I would tell them to believe. Um, I know it's hard. Uh, it's hard to be a girl in a man's world, to get like his sponsors, to get money with that, to just compete. But if you believe you can be a world champion, that's what you want. Uh, believe yourself, keep, keep training hard. Um, I know that is not easy. It's a lot of tears during these trainings. And especially because I train with a lot of women, it's very funny. Um, all the time, almost every day, somebody crying in the training because it's tough, it's hard. Uh, you have to do everything inside the mat. You have to give your best. You have to, you have to put all your energy there. And some days you're going to get smashed. Sometimes some days you're going to smash. And some some days you're gonna be a little better, training better. Some days you're gonna you won't you're gonna be tired. You won't be training as as good. But you have to believe. You have to believe yourself. Um, loss, lose, losing and loss are part of the journey. It's normal, but you have to take the good advantage from that. Um, every every competition, every time you step on the mat, you have to look. With different, in a different way, to to take advantage, to take learning from that. Doesn't matter if you win or if you lose. You have to know uh, what you learn from that situation, from that match. Oh, I did this good. I did this bad. I have to get better on this. I'm, I I have to improve on this way. So, I think if you believe, you keep training. It doesn't matter how long it's gonna take. You just gotta keep it going, and you're gonna achieve your goal. So keep believing and keep improving. Yeah, for sure. Cool. We uh, we are at the last section of the interview, the Shark Tank. So we're going to do a few short questions. You can say just the first thing that pops into your head or sometimes it's just a yes or no. <laughs> um, ADCC or IBGF? ADCC. Chokes or locks? Uh, chokes. Specific sparring or drilling? Specific. A thousand times. <laughs> uh, favorite competitor besides yourself? Uh, I would say Letty. Letty Rubedo. She was my inspiration the whole time. Nine times World Champion, come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's your favorite gi? War Tribe. Yeah, you have a. We work a lot with War Tribe. What mo model do you like the most? Um, and the Fierce. Yeah. It's one of the models, the, the new ones, FF. Feminine Fierce. Uh, Saturday evening, club or gym? Club. Yeah. There's still time for that. Yeah. yeah. Especially on Saturday night. Come on. <laughs> right. Cool. Uh, your toughest opponent so far? Um, I think the girls from the open class are were the, the most hardest uh 
like Gabi Garcia, Tayana Porfirio, those yeah. was for sure my biggest challenge during my career. Um, knee reaping in the gi? Mm, sorry? Knee reaping in the gi? Is it a yes or a no? Yes. I think it would be good. You have to know to tap or to skate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite sport outside of BJJ? Today, I would say CrossFit. Okay, interesting. Last question. How do you celebrate a new golden medal? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I want to thank you so much for uh, your time, first of all, but also for sharing your experience and your knowledge um, and your jujitsu wisdom with us. Um, oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you guys for taking your time to talk about BJJ and to bring, especially to bring a woman. Um, uh, it's uh, something that I really that is interesting a lot of girls that want to get inspired and want to learn a little bit more how to be a athlete in a men's world and um it's very really very fun um i always like to talk not not just about my career but about like how hard it is for girls that want to be an athlete that want to follow their dreams and it was a, a great experience talking about that with you guys perfect for you guys watching thank you for uh joining the show Leave your comments down uh, below and also don't forget to subscribe to the channel, The Gee Experts. We see you in the next episode. Be all the best and uh, maybe talk to you soon. Definitely. See you guys. Take care. Bye-bye.